Have you ever wondered how you can hear the voice of God? Have you ever wished like, oh, if only God would speak to me? Maybe you're faced with a decision or you're trying to understand what direction to go and you're just like, if only I can hear the voice of God. If only God could just speak to me and show me his will and help me to understand his plans for my life. If you've ever questioned about the will of God and, and the direction that he has for your life, then today I'm going to be sharing with you the seven ways that God, the seven surprising ways that God will speak to you. And I would even venture to say is what if there could be some of these ways that God is speaking to you? Yay, maybe he even may be screaming at you. But because we're not aware that this is the method, how he speaks to us, that we could be totally deaf to his pleadings, totally deaf to his direction. So we could be looking for God's voice in all the wrong places. So it's by no coincidence that you're here watching today. I'm going to be sharing with you the seven surprising ways that God speaks to you. But first, my name is Enoch Leffingwell, and here at the Army of Youth, we are passionate about helping young people to identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to the Lord's service. And if this is something that interests you, I encourage you to subscribe and follow us on social media so you can get more messages just like this. We are, I'm super excited about this topic today because, you know, making decisions is the one of the seven faculties of the mind. It's the faculty of the will, knowing how to make decisions, how to align your will with the will of God is one of the foundational pieces of making your life work a success. Because if we're unable, we are always going to be in constant peril until we understand the true force of our will. So let's dive into this. What is the number one, the first way that, that God speaks to you? This is in John chapter 16. In verse 13, the Bible says that when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth and he will show you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is promised that he will be sent and he'll prompt you, he'll bring back to your remembrance whatever God has said. And Jesus promised that that just as children, parents are willing to give good gifts to their children, how much more is our Father in Heaven willing to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So the first thing we have to do to get instruction from the Holy Spirit is to ask for it. When we ask, God says in Matthew 7, 7, Ask and ye shall receive. So the Holy Spirit will guide you and He'll prompt you. He'll speak to you. It's a gentle, it's a still, small voice that leads you and he speaks to your faculty of intuition so that you can understand uh, more of, of his will. So that's, that's one of the ways that God speaks to us. The second way we can see is in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. The Bible talks about sinless angels and asks the question, are they not ministering spirits that are sent to minister to those who would be heirs of salvation? That God has actually sent angels on this earth, Second um, Hebrews 13 and verse uh, 2 talks about how we should be not forgetful to entertain strangers, because some thereby have entertained angels unaware. God has messengers, but the, the truth is we want any time that an angel or any other messenger comes with a message, we always have to align this message with the third way that God speaks to us, and that is 
through the Holy Bible. In 2 Timothy 3.15, the, the Word of God says to Timothy that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. And if an angel or if any other man or any other message comes to you that is not in harmony with what the Word of God says, it is not God speaking to us. We have to be sure that we are listening to sinless angels and not satanic angels. So you want to want to be clear, and it's to the law and to the testimony, Isaiah 8.20 says, that if they speak not according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. So when we study the word of God, if we study our, and we search out our problems, we search out our questions and our concerns, our, our the, the uh, direction that we're looking for, God is able to, to speak to us in a way that we that we wouldn't even think of before. I remember seeing this meme on Facebook. It was really interesting, funny, but it was true. That there was this man, he was praying to God, he's looking up at the clouds in the sky, he's like, God, if only I could hear your voice, why won't you speak to me? And then you see in the next picture on this photo that there is this big thunderous uh, uh, clouds and there's this massive hand coming out of the sky with this big book in his hand and he's like giving it to the man on his knees and it says holy bible and the truth is the word of god is god's word his will expressed so if we want to understand god's will for us we need not look for much further than what of the thus saith the lord is a plain it is written in scripture to direct our lives and to help us to make decisions that um, are so important. So the, the Holy Bible is, is the third way that God speaks to us, which leads on to the fourth. Proverbs 11 verse 14 talks about how um, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And so the next is godly counselors. Now this is godly counselors. Counselors, Psalms 119 talks about how uh, thy testimonies are my counselors, how the word of God is to be our counsel. And any counselors, there is, is there a difference between a, a secular counselor and a godly counselor, one who uses the word of God to give instruction and advice and counsel? Absolutely, night and day difference. I've been to both, and there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It is the entrance of God's word that bringeth light and giveth understanding to the simple. So any time that we are seeking for direction, we have to be careful who we listen to. And most importantly, I would say you, you want to listen to those who have the results that you want. So in other words, it's not always the best idea to ask, like, maybe if our parents, our parents might know how to raise a family or they might know how to uh, be kind or work really hard. But if they've never really ran a successful business, then it may not be the best people to take business advice for or advice on how to find our life calling in that regard. Or if you have someone who um, is has knows how to do a family very well and, and they have a family, they've been happily married, they're raising children that are serving the Lord, they love God, then these are the people that you may want to take relational advice from. So you want to be careful what kind of counselor you listen to. A multitude of counselors is much better than just having our narrowness into just a few people that we listen to. There's a lot of extremes that we can get to because not one counselor is going to have, not one mentor is going to have all the strengths in all the seven areas of life, a lot of times they might be strong in a few and often weaker in, in others. So 
a multitude of counselors that are based on the Word of God, then um, that makes a tremendous impact on us making solid, godly decisions. So you want to surround yourself with people who love the Lord, study His Word, and are able to help counsel you. God uses these godly counselors to instruct and to reveal His will to us. Now, the fifth way that God uh, speaks to us is through uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. The Bible says how now the invisible things of God are clearly seen by what is created. That is through nature God is able to speak to us. And this is what I like to call the book of nature. Did you know nature is a living book? It's one of the greatest textbooks. In fact, the, the, the book of nature was the first book given to Adam and Eve in sinless Eden before sin ever came. They had nature that was to ever testify of God and His love and to reveal to them more and more of His divine will every day. It was to reflect the Creator. I love when you look at so many of the trees, they, they're just like little arrows that just point to the one who created them. They're just pointing to this guy. It's amazing. Every rose testifies of God's love. Song of Solomon 2, 1, it says, As a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters of my people. So there's an opportunity we have. And what we focus on, we find. So if we're looking for instruction through nature, we'll find it. If we're looking at the thorns in life the, that only wound and grieve us, and we gather up all these recollections of the past and these dramas and challenges and pains, then it's going to hurt us. But if we look at the rose and the flowers, and we gather the lilies, the roses, and the pinks, and we think of the joys in our lives. There's so many things that we can learn from the book of nature. If we would just open the contains there, and in Job it says, go to the beast, and they will speak to you. They will teach you. Psalms 19 verse 1, it talks about how the firmament, the sky, declares the glory of God, and it reveals to us that um, uh, more of God's love and His character. So the book of nature is something that is a huge, powerful tool that was even given before the Word of God, the written Bible, was given to man. So this is a powerful way that God communicates to man. I mean, we could tell that Jesus was very, um, as a child, he was very receptive to the book of nature because when you look at his instruction and his parables, how much of that was dealing with nature creation themes? Because God, Jesus often took lessons from nature and understood spiritual, uh, mental, physical, and moral, and social uh, lessons through the simple book of nature. So this is the fifth way that God speaks to us. And I'm telling you, for many years, I didn't even study that. And God was screaming at me through nature. and I didn't hear him. Honestly, I was deaf because I did not train or pray. Because remember, just like you could pray for the Holy Spirit, you can pray for lessons in God's nature to open up to you the wisdoms of heaven. And there's no limit to what God can share through you. So the sixth thing that God uses to communicate to man is his church. That's right, his people. Who are his people? What is the church? Matthew chapter 18 and verse 20, the Bible says, where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So God's church is his people. They're coming together in Christ's name, in his character, in his, in his, um, there where Christ's presence is among his people. That's his church. And verse 18, it talks about how 
uh, speaking to the church, whatever they bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So there's authority in the church. There's authority in God's people that he has given. And a lot of times we, there's times where we pray, we're asking God for guidance and we're like, Lord, please help me. And we are, uh, we're looking for God to speak to us. And then there's someone who comes along who wants to help, who wants to support, who wants to give us some counsel or help or encouragement, or maybe it's a financial aid, or maybe it is a lending hand. And we're like, no, no, no. We're like, I don't want to accept your gifts. I don't want to accept your hospitality, your kindness, your encouragement. Don't worry about it. God will take care of me because I'm praying to him. And we don't realize that Jesus actually said, what you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done to me. So he closely unites himself with his children. And when his children are seeking to represent him, then we are, we are actually representatives of Christ. That is God's way of communicating his will and helping those who are seeking to, uh, to know and understand the will of God. So we don't want to underestimate the human instruments that God is able to use to communicate his will to us. <clears throat> and then the seventh way is, is in Hebrews 7.25. The Bible says, can you get me some water? Yes. Thank you. Um, Hebrews 7.25, it says that Jesus ever liveth to make intercession for us. So the seventh way is Christ himself. Not only is he making intercession now, and he is interceding in our behalf, and he's communicating, he's actively laboring for our souls in harmony with the sinless angels who love to do God's will and love to minister to his children, but his life testifies of our will. We can look at the habits, the words, the instruction, the parables of Christ, and we can see what would God have us to do today. Is our life in harmony with what God has promised, is what Christ is giving us the example of? Thank you. And so, if you're interested, if you would like to um, better understand God's will for you, and you want to know more of how He speaks to us, and you want to understand His voice, and uh, one of the things that I find is that a lot of people struggle opening the Word of God because they don't really find it interesting. I've, I've interviewed about a hundred people and asked, what is the number one challenge that you've been facing in maintaining consistent daily devotions? And almost a, a large portion of them said, well, I just don't really find the Bible interesting. And I find it kind of difficult to get engaged with. And so what they do is um, they tend to not prioritize or if you are studying the Bible and you try and then it, it's not as engaging, then why would you want to go back to it? That's what people reason. And I, I get that. So what we've done is we put together this, this special um, training that is free for anyone who wants to sign up. It's called Four Secrets to Make Your Devotions Irresistibly Interesting. And in these four secrets, I show you how to study the Word of God in a way that it just comes alive and that you can find specific instruction to whatever the challenge, the decision that you're facing, whether it is something to do with your finances, or maybe it's a, a relationship, something with those who you love, or someone that you are maybe considering as a life partner, or maybe it is um, for your health, or knowing what to do, or overcome something with how you're going on in your health. One of these areas, 
or any area, if you want to know God's will for your life, your specific area, I can't get all into the specifics with this simple video, but these are the seven surprising ways that God speaks to you. And in this training, I show you, I go into more detail on these and I show you exactly how to know and understand God's will. If you want to have devotions that are irresistibly interesting, you can't wait to come back and hear God's voice speaking directly to your unique circumstance and your specific challenge, then I encourage you to sign up for our free training. All you have to do is go to the website, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions, and you can enroll today. That's again, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions, and I would love to give you this free training and just tell us where to send it, and I'd love to send it to you. And uh, this has been the seven surprising ways that God speaks to man. If this has been a blessing to you, then I encourage you to share this with someone else. Who do you know that's seeking for divine light, who wants to understand the will of God? Let them know that they can too experience the love and will of God. And I'm so glad that you're able to watch. Thank you so much for being here. And, um, if, and just remember that God doesn't call a qualified, he qualifies a call.